1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolak, the ghost keeper. Yes, that's it. And across the pond is the gentleman who the gold... What do they call it? I'd stop if I were you. Yeah,
0: I'm going downhill fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd call that one quits on that one. Anyway, you're listening to Stephen Ron Show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, right here on uh, net Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Crackle Radio, wherever else, fine. Yeah, wherever else. we Ron and Steve are being heard. So, anyways, Ghost Chronicles International. Anyways, um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about the paranormal, because I posted something about that. Wanted- Is it talking the- about the paranormal? <laughs> yes, yes, the paranormal. That's what I want to talk about. Well, we're not doing recipes this week, then. Well, usually you just crucify some guests. So I figured I'd really talk about the subject rather than uh, oh, well, uh, blame, blame me, blame have me. you crucify some guests. But anyways, um, you know, I posted this thing about uh, designing this new Ouija board and uh, somebody, somebody uh, posted something about it. And, uh, you know, if you could make it move without the people's fingers. <laughs> but wouldn't that take the whole purpose of the Ouija board away? I'll quote you, what you actually replied was, it takes the
0: fun away. And I think that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? It takes more than fun away, it also takes a human experience. it takes the fun away, doesn't it? And the human experience. It's always been, and in fact it still is, um, as far as I'm aware, it still is registered as a game, isn't it? it?
1: It is, it is.
0: It is, so, you know, we could either use the Ouija board as a game, or we could just cross a couple of pencils and summon a Mexican demon or two.
1: Well,
0: that works. I've done that before, so I know what that's like. So, Well, that's gone viral. Yeah, I saw that, but um, I, yeah, I mean, the Ouija board relies on the human interaction. It's the only way it works. Uh, it's designed to work with the hands on the planchette. It was developed from planchette writing, a derivative of automatic writing, and, you know, you have to have the human interaction. Uh, people always say it's the idiomotor effect and that, you know, it's the hands of the pushers. Mm-hmm. And those that, that use the Ouija board say, well, yes, of course, that's exactly right. But it's the spirit working through the human agent mm-hmm. in order to be able to communicate. I mean, doesn't that apply ideas? to everything?
1: Why don't we just set up a bunch of remote equipment in a, in a uh, haunted location and I'll go home and sleep in our beds at night. And then next morning, go in there and go through all the information and see all the great ghosts we captured.
0: Well, wouldn't that be the coolest thing, in terms of getting some sleep anyway? You know, we've, we do have ghosts and apparitions and phenomena that are captured and portrayed on CCTV cameras, for example, mm-hmm. but essentially you, you hit the nail right on the head, and what we're there to do is to, as investigators, explore and to try and understand what is essentially, what is entirely a human experience, because somebody mm-hmm. has seen a ghost, somebody has heard a sound, somebody has smelled a smell. And our job is to go in and to um, try and understand the nature of their experience. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting if people capture stuff moving on CCTV, but you don't have that human element there. So it, it applies to a lot of equipment. We set up geopods, pods bean pods or manner of <laughs> pods these days yeah. um in the hope that they will demonstrate something you know usually in the form of some weird flashing light that means pretty well nothing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then we try and make well it
1: pretty means things. pretty much nothing to you but not to it the pretty well
0: means you. nothing in reality of the measurements well, it means I mean, quite it, a
1: bit to the person using oh, it i mean and you just uh, we were st- took that all out of we the equation, were standing
0: we're just- in no we we're standing in a room and five lights lit up. Well, five mm-hmm. lights means what? <laughs> five lights is better than four lights. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's have some let's have some science in this. What do five lights mean? What do four lights mean? Well, Evidently
1: five. How five is the lights calibration nothing, done? Nothing to you, but to whoever that person is, I'm That's... sure it gets a profound experience out of it, and therefore you just discounted his whole profound experience. Calling it uh, nonsense, it. Uh, you know, whatever. Well, it, well, it, it's I, as I
0: said in my famous recent video, it's a bit like just getting wet, isn't it? You don't know whether somebody's throwing a bucket of water over you or somebody's throwing a bucket of piss over you. All you do, all you know for certain is you're wet. Mm-hmm.
1: So, anyways, I think we have a guest.
0: We do. Uh, we have. I'm sure
1: he. He, he sent me know, a challenge. He's being very quiet at the minute. I'm, yeah, he's a he investigator, too, so I'm well, sure he wants to weigh in on this heavy subject.
0: Yeah. Well, you set me a challenge. You said, we're fed up of hearing from American investigators mm-hmm. because they never stop talking long enough for us to get a question in anyway. So we've get <laughs> a British investigator who at least understands really? the basics of common courtesy and allows the host to The to only get problem a with the British investigators and the
1: British oh, God. They you freaking... asked for what <laughs> they drag it out forever. You... I mean, it takes them 12 minutes to really? say it all. Uh, You know, it it goes on and on and
0: on. And American investigators, they're like politicians. You ask them a question, they answer something entirely different. Anyway, (laughs) without further ado, before Ron butts in again, um, there's, uh, from from the west coast of Wales to the east coast of England, about 190 miles as the crow flies, there's a group called Secret Hauntings, and uh, they're obviously not very secret because they have a Facebook page and a website. So, Susan and Affirma, very not. <laughs> so we have the we have Lincolnshire's least kept, best kept secret hauntings. So Tom yes, Warwick, to, who's the lead investigator, Good uh, a gentleman and a gentleman I know with a, a tech fetish. I've seen the photos. Mm-hmm. Yes, kind of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll be grilling you on why it's secret and why do you use okay. REM pods? During the okay. course of the team. Anyway, good evening. Good evening,
2: guys, how are we doing?
0: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I thought Ron was going to answer
1: that. He's, he's gone, hasn't he? Has he gone? No, I, I'm. I'm observing. I'm taking on this Sigmund Freud uh Well, you persona. could. You could have
0: acknowledged the guest. who said good evening.
1: Yeah, yeah. he said good evening. That's go. fine. How many times we got to say good evening to the guy? You know what I mean? Well, you wanted the British <laughs> investigator.
0: So go on. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw him to the lion.
1: Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. There you go. So Tomo, you are you are a tech girl, a tech uh-huh. techie, a nerd, yeah. a uh, whatever. So do you use all these flashing colored light things? Um, yes
2: and no. Um, I'm starting to go away from the audience. There you go. There's a good
1: answer for you. Yes and no. Yes
0: and no. Um have been American. Well, you be either use them the or you don't
1: use them. How can it be well, yes, yes and no?
0: Yeah, if you'd been an American investigator, would be telling us about the EVPs that we
1: recorded last week. Exactly. You'd be talking uh, about, exactly. uh, you know, colour of uh, whatever, but...
0: Oh, we got this really cute spirit, Alba, oh, and he had a face in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, we... Well, he, it you got a straight answer. Yeah.
0: I called it Ronald.
1: Yeah, <laughs> as well he should. All right, now, Tomo, back to, back to our guest, please. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. Yes,
2: we do use uh, an array of equipment, mm-hmm. um, but I am... Um, now going towards the idea of it's kind of overcomplicating complicating investigations. Um, I know a lot of groups use a lot of equipment to judge of whether a place is haunted or not, but I think we're kind of going down the wrong path as such, and, you know, I think we're missing the hardcore point of we need to be observing more and not staring down an EMF, EMF metre and waiting for these flashing lights to go off um i just think it's kind of spoiling uh, the future of ghost hunting to be honest uh which I've done an article about um but yeah we do we we use everything you know um it, it's it's there to be used uh we don't use everything um on all investigations uh we do use a lot of uh, temperature loggers uh, and things like that—they're—they're they're used regularly. And obviously, the uh, trusty pen and uh, pen and paper.
1: Okay.
0: See, an so... investigator for you.
1: No. What, what yeah.
0: is... I've just been reading one in the chat room. Apparently, we're missing out here because Heather's been on a great go- uh, ghost hunt with Carl and Stuart from Most. I Haunted. know. I saw
1: that. <laughs> At the where, where,
0: now? Yeah, but I mean, there's 400 bodies under the building now. Did were they detected with the K two?
1: <laughs> no, they counted the bones.
0: I was just wondering whether the K two whether it flashed four hundred times or five lights equal every two hundred bodies, I don't know.
1: Well, why don't you ask? That's five
0: divided by four. So, Heather, by how
1: did you know there was 400 bodies, and how did you detect them with the K2? And you can answer us in the chat room, if you would, Heather. Yeah, thanks I hope so.
0: Colin Stewart didn't say so, because I wouldn't believe a word of that. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my, was my microphone switched on, then?
2: Yeah, he's supposed to mute it at that point. Now, you, yeah.
0: you have technical qualifications, don't you, Tomo, because I know you work uh, with electricity, I
2: used oh, to, not anymore. Oh, to well, you I used you to, doing... I used to. But yes, I do have a knowledge of electrical, I have a knowledge of electrical background knowledge, um, which I suppose does help. It's, it's always good to have some sort of background to those extents when investigating. Um, I think it gives you uh, and more awareness of things around you and a more better understanding of what you're actually looking at and, you know, um, instead of just going in uh, like a bull in the china shop and uh, taking um, results from a thing that flashes, you know.
0: Do you think that calibration, because when you're working with electricity, uh, yep. uh, you, you, you have to use equipment that's, that's obviously calibrated? Of course, yeah.
2: You know, you're measuring, you're, measure, you're trying to measure certain things, and if it's not calibrated, you're not getting the right readings, or you're oh. getting... You're getting some
1: sort of readers, but you're not,
2: you know, you're not getting a true understanding of what it means and stuff oh. like that. So, it's so, important
1: I, to so that. I have an important question then. What is the calibration for a K2 meter to find a ghost? I'm not sure of that. <laughs>
0: well, that's the um, point we're trying to establish. There isn't one. There, yeah, well,
2: there isn't. Uh, why? Have you ever uh, tried? Uh, well, I've, I've calibrated with a microwave oven. That's that, that's as far as the K two goes, right?
0: Putting it in the microwave oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Useless God, piece tempted. of,
2: a... yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. it's, it's like the things with the uh, the K two Teddy as well. I mean, it, it's just getting crazy out there. It really is, and and people are actually. You know, they're, they're, they're believing. what I mean, they're taking these results and thinking that their spirit is interacting with them, where it's a load of posh posh, you know. Uh,
1: it's ridiculous. Really?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, totally. That's, but that's my point of view, you know. I you mean, know, that's, it's interesting
1: because, you know, we can't prove that there's a God, but there are millions and millions and billions of people that believe in God. Uh, yet they're looking for miracles and, and little signs from ridiculous things as well. I mean, yeah, but they they isn't the paranormal teddy bears the same the thing, lights, looking for a spirit or looking for energy? I,
0: I... OK, well, who looks for God with a teddy bear with flashing eyes?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Have you tried? <laughs> oh, we'll try that. <laughs> we'll give it a go. See what happens. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. So why cigarette? Why the why the name of the group? By the way, oh, the uh, website.
2: Well, secret hauntings. I mean, we was original originally part of another group, um, and I think we was interviewing with you guys uh, about two years ago. I think it was. Uh, we was part of Bomber County Paranormal, um, and we was getting fed up. Basically, um, we didn't like how the investigations were led. Um, it was basically a money-making event team. Uh, They weren't really interested in discovering the truth or, you know, discovering new things. They were all about the dollar and the pound. And basically we formed Secret Hauntings and we basically uh, named the group after Secret Hauntings purely because we like to trying to get into locations that uh, nobody knows about. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, we do do locations that are regularly done, but we also do ones that have not been discovered by teams. And it's nice to say that of all the places that we have done, we've been uh, acknowledged for our professional approach and our honesty, uh, which which has led us to get into more locations uh, and, of course, we are non-profit as well, so I think anyone out there can understand how difficult it is to get into places that uh, don't cost any money, which is near enough impossible this, these days. That's true. Um, So,
0: there you go. Uh, yeah, That's we're totally- all
2: about the... I'm sorry to I
0: was going to say, you live in a part of the country that I know well and I have a great fondness for and you're surrounded by military airfields uh, yeah, you know, it's I called know. Bo- Lincolnshire, it's the home of both the Royal Air Force and the American 8th Air Force although they were slightly further south But um, do, you, do you do any military uh, bases do you do any military ghosts uh, in we, terms of the, some of the airfields well, I'm because some to say that because, do uh, have good ghosts attached to them, don't they?
2: Yes, I do. I mean, we, I've got one literally 12 minutes down the road from me. And it's uh, an old... Hold uh, it's n- Close. No, <laughs> <laughs> It's an old lookout <laughs> tower uh, on the way to Lincoln. Um, but sadly, it is getting a bit overrun. Um, I did uh, go on my own uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, bumped into three separate teams during the day. So I mean even these locations are getting kind of over- overrun.
0: We can, um, we can we can exclude our Americans here because we can is the control tower at Colby Grange still available from the um, that, that's that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one, is it? Yeah. Hit the
2: nail on the head there. yes. It is still well, there. It's, a, yeah, it's cause still there. Yeah, because you've
0: got you well you've also got the new, the nice little cafe next to uh, just behind you? Exactly. You? And they do a great fry up. Ex- well <laughs> You know, and of course, it, course the missile the,
2: fault a day investigation there and having a fire in the morning. That's it's it, fantastic. and you've
0: got the missile silos on the far side if they're still accessible.
2: They are still accessible as well. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Same thing. Uh,
0: yes, And of course, yeah. well, interestingly, York, uh, right, right close to you is R.E.F. Barxton Heath, um, where there was some very famous recordings made. I, I think it was in the squash courts. Um, right, uh,
2: yeah, I think you're uh, referring to the radio calls. Is that that's right? That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, uh, and the the uh, which which are if anybody um, wants to listen to them, if they Google RAF Boxton B A R K S T O N Heath H E A T H H H-E-A, E, that's correct. Yeah, um, there's some recordings that were made, I think, in the seventies or eighties, um, with a direct voice medium. Um, talking to an airman who was uh, supposedly killed on the site which makes them no they don't have any missiles in them nathan um they were american <laughs> ones and they were taken away <laughs> um but yeah you know, airfield ghosts because it's one of the few parts of the united kingdom where we were constantly at war for five years there were young men flying out british and american every night um and not returning. And there are some interesting stories, particularly around, I think, associated with RAF Scampton, uh, with uh, bombers that return, ghost bombers that return, and are still being sighted up until quite recent times. There's a story attached to Scampton, um, I think it's Scampton, with the, the Lancaster that we, that's that been seen to return.
2: Yeah. I think that's kind of an anniversary haunting as well, if I'm not to believe that one, Scampton. I think it's associated with some sort of date. Um but yeah, we I mean we don't if we if we can get into them and you know, it's uh it's a bonus for us. But um I mean we've we've found recently that we've got a couple uh, in Lincoln at the minute and we recently did a charity event at a very historic location um called the Stonebone Guild Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, which was absolutely fantastic uh I mean, we was the first team to get in there uh it's only just been recently opened up to the public as well uh it's got some relics in and stuff like that it's fantastic um but I mean places like that we've been approached by the people to do them as well, um which is very nice we're obviously uh getting noted for our uh softer and friendly approach to. To people like that, um, which I think is getting missed out now. I think too many groups nowadays they're, they're just they just want to get in, get out, and that's it. Um, unfortunately, so there you go. You,
0: you missed one there, thinking again, get, get out, get the money. Very
2: true, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, so how tell us a little bit more, more about the team itself, how many's in it, um, what sort of uh, mixes the team. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: originally it was just four of us. Um, uh, myself and Paul and Steve and Rachel were part of the other Bomber County group. And we was actually on the way to a, a private investigation with the other team. Um, and some of them, uh, well, most of them turn up. So we basically left the four of us. And we had a long discussion and said, you know, are you guys really happy being with this team? And I was like, well, we don't really like what they're doing. Uh, because this, you know, they're charging the air for these tickets and it's not really what we want to do, you know. Um, so we decided to create secret hauntings and then basically kind of hand-picked um, people who would wa- want to join. Uh, we was very careful in picking who we wanted to be in the team as well. Um, really careful. We did a lot of uh, face-to-face meetings, phone calls with these people. And you know, I, I think you have to be really careful who you get in your team. I think that's very important. Um, if you need level-headed people and not people that are going to be the event fielding and you know people like that. Um, so yeah, it stemmed from do that. We mean, uh, don't we
0: mean to Ivy? She's lovely.
2: Oh well, yeah, she's she's. I've, I've not met her yet, but I think I will do this year because uh, I think we've we've just been asked to do a, um, a series of events for, from a, a Skegness Museum that the Most Haunted are going to be at next weekend, I think, uh, which is the village. Um, so I'll possibly meet them then. Um, yeah, no, I'm sure she's lovely. I just, uh, I just don't agree with what they're trying to achieve as such. <laughs> they're,
1: <laughs> they're doing a TV, TV show. That's what they're doing is a TV right. show. Yeah.
2: This is the thing, people taking it too literally, I think. Um,
1: well, admittedly, you are.
2: Well, OK, really? yeah, fair point. You know, it, it's just making it difficult for everyone else kind of thing. You know. Do you know
0: what I do find? Interesting, uh, Particularly, is Most Haunted returns back to our television screens here in the UK next week, I think it is. Um, yeah. And Most Haunted have, have got this Most Haunted Experience uh, investigation roadshow where they're, they're actually giving people the opportunity to investigate with members of the team. It's interesting, though, when you go onto Facebook or uh, some of the events I've attended, the group usually start with, and in fact, they... Uh, only a week or so ago, a medium started with exactly the same opening line i 'm sure you 've all seen most haunted but i 'm completely different. I do it properly, and then when you trawl back through the various websites you 'll see that they were all most of them were inspired to take up ghost hunting by by television programs, including most haunted mm-hmm. and yet now it 's become almost fashionable to knock it and to put clear blue water distance yourself from from any association with the show, and yet it is, as you say, Ron, it's purely a television show.
1: And, and all these people that are interested in the Ghosts wouldn't even be interested if it wasn't for some of these uh, majority. TV shows. And, and a lot of people with these locations, great locations, wouldn't share them with anybody if it wasn't for the TV shows. So they do have their purpose. I think dead right. You're absolutely dead right. It's it,
0: it inspired a lot of people to take up The and go out ghost hunting, which, as Tomo rightly says, can be a double-edged sword. But -hmm. it's become... I I find it a little disingenuous um, of people just to knock the show. Uh, Almost, you know, it's become a whipping post to say, oh, we're now grown-up investigators and we know better and we can now knock Most Haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, Tomo, I know you were knocking Most Haunted, and I knock it periodically.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) because I am a grown-up investigator. (laughs) Well, I never grew up, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, well, you're big in Japan now, aren't you? I am, yes. You've joined the elite. But, you know, Tomo, you said something uh, a little earlier that I wanted to jump on, but I, I bit my tongue, and that was the anniversary haunting, and that's always perplexed me because... If you talk to, like, mediums and you talk to other people in the paranormal, paranormal investigators, they say there's no time on the other side. And yet, and plus, we have a calendar that changes constantly, and yet we have these anniversary hauntings. How do you answer that?
2: Well, maybe it's the, it's the human aspect of that then, um, the human interaction of seeing this apparition or whatever, you know. To us, it's an anniversary, but it's you know I don't know. It's uh, it's a hard one to uh, explain that, um, but we can't. Not the fact that there is a lot of documented cases that have been uh, anniversary hauntings as such. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you know it's it's a it's a, it's a like you say yes, it's a strange one to like I say uh, coming to changes. So. What, if if they we be believe in anniversary, if we
1: believe in anniversary hauntings, then we would, we must believe that spirits, if they are spirits or whatever this haunting is, is mm-hmm. somehow cognizant of our current time period. Maybe,
0: yeah. Maybe. Well, we, well, we, I don't see why that's such a good, difficult concept. After all, we, we um, weakly accept that the ghosts are cognizant of our every every rape broadcast and can manipulate them in order to talk to us so why can't they look at our wristwatches and calendars and figure out that the dates change yeah,
1: maybe maybe they can i don't know that's yeah. the thing it's it's if it's, they can talk
0: through a broken radio they can look at a calendar mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then if you you go with the theory that there are residual hauntings uh, can residual hauntings occur on anniversaries even though there is a change in uh the, the, the calendar for per se?
0: Well, in actual f- fact, you know, the, this idea of, of um, anniversary ghosts, there isn't a, a huge. Out to it, when people have looked at them, for example Anne Boleyn, who regularly haunts Blickling Hall further across oh, on the east coast in, in Norfolk, uh, has she, she is said to appear on the anniversary of her death, which was a week or so ago, and people go there to Blickling Hall in order to to see if she turns mm-hmm. up, and of course she never does. Um, it's like... A, uh, Borley Rectory of the July the 28th. Lots of people all make up, make make tracks to Essex and to go uh, to the village of Borley in the hope of seeing the, nun on the 28th of July and uh, they're endlessly disappointed because she invariably doesn't show up. But what is interesting is this idea of a residual because if, <laughs> I'm going to really throw one out here, um, if we uh, assume for a moment that or theorise that residual hauntings require some energy input into the environment or is some way linked to the environment, and the conditions, uh, uh, the time they were laid down, say the temperature, the humidity, the other factors, then they're most likely to be replicated around the time of the anniversary. So, for example... Or well, you know, it, it's warm in July. It's cold in the winter. So you know, if the conditions are the same, then you may get this idea of an anniversary ghost rather than a residual haunting. So it may be it may be climactic, environmental, as opposed to uh, residual uh, anniversary.
1: Well, I'm sure that, that there are. I'm just throwing similar. Out yeah, I agree. I kind of you know understand what you're saying, but. Wouldn't it occur, I mean, if you're climactic, to have the exact conditions would be uh, infinitesimal uh, because... Well, and that's what it so very what rare. the criteria that. is. I mean, if you don't know what the criteria is, then it makes it just all open to theory. Well, yeah, I said, I was just throwing it out there. But, mm-hmm. as you say, to get those exact
0: set of conditions exactly the same is always a very, very long shot. So that might be why they're so incredibly rare.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyways, I know we'll come up to the breaks, but uh, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles with um, Tomo, uh, how do you say your last name?
2: Uh, Warrington.
1: Warrington. It's good. Well, good. guy. I go. guess
0: I, I guarantee he'll have got it wrong before the end of the show, Tom.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Parsons and Ron Collick, right here on Parorex, uh, TojiNet, Planet Paranormal, uh, where else? Uh, Steve? And all good bookshops. Tune in uh, <laughs> wherever, even Whatever. even on your uh, ghost box, perhaps.
2: All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978 474 8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. they all talk ugly, kooky, The Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax Family. They're strange, deranged,
0: unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's
1: time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax Family.
0: Greetings and felicitations.
1: I am Ron Colette, New England's own Van Helsing.
0: And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell.
1: We are here at the elegant Venture Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice.
0: And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you.
1: To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles and Next Generation.
0: On Para X, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal.
1: You can even listen live on your smartphone with your TuneIn app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes.
0: And now time for tea And felicitations back and welcome to part two of Ghost Crawl. Felicitations now, I, Ron, I know every week I listen to that trailer, and it's a very good trailer, your Downtown Abbey trailer. Um, but I don't know anybody in the UK, anybody who's British, who actually says felicitations. Really? It's just not a word we use.
1: That's a shame. Never mind.
0: Anyway, back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International with The Ron and Steve Show, and our special guest tonight is Tom Warrington from the least-secret haunted paranormal group <laughs> based in Lincolnshire Bomber um which was the home of the Royal Air Force throughout World War II and to the very present day and in fact if we listen quite, listen carefully when Tom was talking you might hear an RAF typhoon, the RAF's only typhoon fighter flying over um, Really?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I had the uh, red arrows this morning
0: that's how lucky I am there you go. That's the equivalent of the Blue Angels, Ron, but the Red Arrows can fly properly.
1: Oh, the uh, <laughs> it's it's so funny because uh, Jim Stoney, our EVP guy, uh, actually flew on a B-17 down in Pennsylvania, so that's cool. Uh,
0: I know. Do you know what? I, you put the pictures up today, and um, I'm
1: so envious. We investigated a couple of them back uh, about three years ago.
0: Yeah, not least of which is... Uh, on his flight from Lawrence to Erie, if when he landed Erie, I could have put his up for the night because I've got a relative that lives in Erie, so that would have been even more handy. Never mind. Hey ho.
1: Yep. So, Tom, I have a question for you. I mean, you, you do these investigations, and uh, what what is the purpose of investigations that that you do?
2: Um, I- Can't I'm tell you the call- secret. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we try and determine what's, you know, what's actually happening, happening at a location. Um, and it's quite nice to say that we don't just do one investigation at a place. Uh, uh, we do several investigations at a set period of time and not just at night. We do daytime investigations, mm-hmm. which, uh, <laughs> which, which are very rare. Why do people? You not wild
0: do no
2: child! <laughs> I know. What do people say? You know? Why do you? You'll do be no having cameras?
0: investigators. You'll be having investigators throwing all their equipment away in a minute. I know. Well, you all know, these night vision cameras, torches. What are you <laughs> going to do with them? Can't go out well, in the day.
2: Hey, well, of course, that's you know that's it. And I tell you what, we we've experienced more uh, strange things that we can't explain in the day than we have at night. We really have um so we love our daytime investigations we really do um and that's how we started off um doing daytime investigations um so you know uh, yeah but we we just try to try and understand what what's happening at locations and not immediately say it's haunted you know um we're quite level headed so 9 times out of 10 um we do uh, discover the uh, creaky floorboard that's causing the phenomena and such. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's quite refreshing.
1: So if you're pretty level-headed, why would you even say a place is haunted, since we can't prove that places are haunted? Uh. Um,
2: well, you know, it's it's a terminology given to something that people can't explain. Um, you know, we, we, we've we're still trying to find the answers as to what's going on um, as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 90% of the groups will immediately say, you know, this place is possessed by Charlie the Demon and such things like that. Uh, but there is a small percentage of groups out there that are level-headed and, you know, have a... uh well, not a grown up understanding as such, but a more realistic understanding, um as to what is, is being portrayed out there. I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult at the minute. Now there's more and more groups, um barging in. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's difficult, very difficult at the minute. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Have you ever investigated places with no reports of hauntings whatsoever? Yes, we have.
2: Yes, we have. Yeah, um, we uh, I discovered a nice location in Mansfield uh, purely for us uh, researching uh, workhouses in Mansfield. And this place kept the name kept popping up. So I did more, a bit more research and um, we discovered it was a, a disused tourist uh, center. Um, and we contacted the council and went down that road and things like that. I mean, there was nothing on this location. We couldn't, apart from the old, the workhouses, counts of it, the address. Um, and we caught some interesting stuff on camera. Um, so, yes, we've done places that are not readily uh, classed as being haunted.
1: Mm-hmm yeah and, and what kind of interesting things did you catch on camera uh mostly
2: audio um, we like to set up uh, uh, cameras uh, locked in rooms um, and let them run um, you know we like we like recording stuff um, everything's documented as well uh, each investigation is obviously uh, visual and audio and also Observations as well are taken uh, throughout investigations, which have been quite important. Um, as when you're reviewing, you can relate back to your notes and other people's notes and mm-hmm. things like that. So,
1: I, I love the idea of uh, locked-off cameras. I, I think that's a, a great yeah. Yeah, uh, I do. idea. Do too. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, you take the human experience away from it as well, so uh, that true. makes it difficult. I mean... You know, it's so funny because a lot of these shows, uh, they'll go in and, uh, well, not just the shows, but a lot of investigations as well, uh, they go in to a place that's reported haunting and this gentleman will see a ghost, and uh, they'll go in and the first thing to do is they interview him, of course, and then they send them home or send him away. It's like, well, he was the one that experienced the ghost or whatever it was that he, he did, and yet they take that factor out of the equation altogether. don't well,
0: have really competing with Zach, though,
1: can we? Well, it's not always <laughs> just TV, too. The regular, you'll get most uh, a yeah. lot of groups that will do the same I, thing. I mean,
0: the idea of a locked-off camera is actually a very good one because we use, uh, in all forms of science um, and beloved of ghost hunters of course are the baseline measurements and
1: mm-hmm.
0: we do baselines for for lots of, if you are measuring something then you need to have an established um, norm against which to, to objectify it exactly. and so if you're using uh, photography of any form then a locked off camera is providing you with a rolling baseline um, even if there's nobody there it's showing you what the building, what the what the room what the location looks like in its normal state mm-hmm. So it does give you a, a sort of, it, it's your visual baseline, in fact.
1: Right, and actually, in, in theoretically, what you would like to do, I, I would assume, if you were going to investigate, go, investigate places, go in a day before, set up a bunch of locked off cameras, and then uh, collect them the next day and then do your investigation, uh, no. that would give you, that, w- excuse me?
0: No, that wouldn't give you a baseline.
1: That would, give so, you, that
0: would give you a very flawed baseline. It would give you nothing at all.
1: Well, actually, it would give you a a very good uh, uh, baseline in that it would, uh, you would understand the noises that a a location would make, uh, and you can compare Uh, those to things that would occur.
0: Oh, at that point, yeah, I I said no at the point where you said you'd turn them all off and then do your investigation. Your baseline has to run continually through your investigation, otherwise, it's meaningless. You can't.
1: No, no, it's not, yes, it is. It's not necessarily meaningless.
0: Well, it is because you can't measure the temperature of a. If you're stood on top of a, a at the beach, and you measure the temperature on a Wednesday, and then you go there on the Thursday, I like thinking more audio,
1: you and, and visual than, than uh, you know temperature. You, you still, you still know, have to have, have the baseline. Is.
0: No, you still have to have the baseline running continually. Surely,
1: uh, you, you do in a way yeah, because
0: yeah, go in the day before or a week before and do your establishing baselines, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you can't turn it off before you start your investigation. Can you? well,
1: I I kind of disagree with
0: that, but that's that's right. <clears throat> well, I'll refer you to chapter eighteen of ghostology, where I talk yeah, in well, detail you know, tell about written, about this. And the bread, so, what can I tell you? And 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 how and how science is done properly using international standards. That the right. American's also a deity. Right, right,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> Carry on
0: can't change international standards. Your government oh, signed yeah. up to them as well, Ron.
1: You know, you just throw those international standards out there for anything and everything, and you think that, okay, that makes it all uh, better it, it, just, it just, It's just picking and choosing what you want to uh, use. So, anyways, moving I, I, right along. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ian. Good.
0: <clears throat> what do you measure your your uh, your, your distance travel on the, on the odometer? What do you use?
1: Oh, it uses either miles or kilometers, right?
0: Why are you using an international standard? Why don't you just use well, I don't know, fishes or arms lengths or cubits or spans?
1: Because uh, in order to get a ticket, you have to be at that certain speed.
0: So you're using an international standard. So you're now so we a, have to use standard for
1: approaching it. approaching uh, <laughs> a speed where you will be uh, ticketed.
0: Does anybody know the conversion between qubits and miles per hour? There you go. <laughs> now, you, see, you have to have a standard, and this is what we were talking about at the start with Tomo, who's worked in the electrical industry. Yeah, but you're talking about I know, about one, got, you, you, you're used to measuring stuff as well within the environment, so you understand standards as well. You play devil's advocates, so and, and there's no standard for devil's advocacy. Uh-huh.
1: Otherwise, so how can we you, get on to know, this? You just throw that standard thing out there <laughs> absolutely destroyed no, whatever
0: because, we were talking about. No, because yeah. what, what Tomo and I have both been talking about throughout the entire show is the need to, if you're going to measure something uh, from baselines through to electromagnetic fields, um, you have to be measuring to a standard, to a calibrated standard. It's what we started the show with. Mm-hmm. You can't just let people from around buildings with K2s
2: but they'll they find
0: 400 bodies. On. Well, they'll find 400 <laughs> bodies
1: under the floor before you know what's happened.
2: Oh, 400 cell phones going off. Yeah, but there you go.
1: Anyway, back to Tomo. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, Tomo, it, it, you've been doing this for quite a while. And, and what, what is the most provo- f- profound piece of evidence that you've collected?
2: Oh, um, what do you call it? Evidence. Um, I, I I still don't know what it is to this day. Um but I um had a locked off camera running for about eight hours in a room. Um I had the key to the room, nobody else could gain access to it. And nothing happened for about five hours. Um but then all of a sudden um <sighs> Well, it, it's it's clear as day, and it is on our website as well. If you want to have a listen to it, where uh, is your we,
1: website, Tom? I'm sorry.
2: Oh, it's uh, if you put "secret hauntings" in on Google, it will hit the top answer. Um, okay, thank you. But it's <laughs> www.secrethauntings.co.uk. dot secrethauntings dot co dot Secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we we caught uh, a lady, what sounded like a lady humming a nursery rhyme, and this went on for about four or five seconds. Um, so it was it was very interesting, mm-hmm. and um, we had no explanation for it whatsoever. Um, we couldn't we couldn't define what had happened there, you know. Um, but who's to say it was a spirit? You know, it could have been uh, a number yeah, of it things. Could have
1: been it, Richard Felix Stone tape theory. It
2: could have been, yeah. It could have been.
1: <laughs> now that's that's interesting. Now, so when you do get a piece of evidence, uh, yeah, what do you what do you do with it besides posting on your website?
2: Um, I mean, we've we've put very little on a website, um, so we kind of retain a lot uh, for personal use, and uh, you know, we we're, we're not all about publicizing the, the things we find. Mm-hmm. Um, we try and. We try and study the findings and uh, have conversations about it and things like that. So it's, um, you know, we're not, we're not putting it out there for people, but, um, you know, it's more of a, not a personal game, but uh, per- for us to understand more what's happening. Um, Steve? Because yeah, sorry, I was,
1: um, I was, no,
0: no, 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 I was also dealing with, with the chat room. Um, oh, I'm sorry. And, and, and answering Nathan's question, why does it matter when the baseline is taken? Um, which uh-huh. was building on what we were saying before. <laughs> and I was saying that we have to do the baseline uh, um, during the investigation. It gives us a scale against which all of the data can be referenced. Mm.
1: The interesting so. thing, I mean, I, I, Tomo talked about, uh, you know, not posting stuff on it. And so, I mean it brings us back to the question is why we do this again are, are we trying to understand what's going on and are we trying to do it on a personal level are we trying to do this on some uh academic level some uh greater level than than uh, personal level and, and and what what is your thoughts Steve I just want to say a ghost. yeah uh-huh. yeah no, so, no, I so mean, in reality, we are doing this investigating for our own personal uh, I, I
2: For us, it, it yeah. is personal, uh, but I mean, for 90% of teams out there, I think it's for, uh, like a, an imaginary stature, you know, it, they, they want to tr- try and climb this imaginary hierarchy of investigating. Um, it just seems it's being thrown into a bit of like competition for a lot of people, and um, which, which is very sad because it's just going away from the fact of investigating the place, you know. And everyone's trying to outdo do each other at the minute. It's uh, very frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very hard for genuine teams out there that want to... Find a proper understanding of what's going on when they've got all this chaos happening, and it's it's very difficult.
0: I think there is a difference, uh, certainly um, between. I notice this particularly with uh, talking to some American investigators. They seem to be uh, American investigators seem to be very altruistic. They're putting something back into their local community. That they're giving something back. Uh, it's very much in the forefront of what they say. But, they're helping people to understand their hauntings and the situations that they're in. Um, now, I have said many times there isn't an actual bone in my body. Um, I like knew people. I started because the subject fascinated me and I wanted to see it for myself. The, the, the interest develops and you want to take that to the next level and realise that it's an experience that needs to be, that warrants study, people have seen ghosts for thousands of years. and like all of the other human uh, faculties, we need to understand why people see ghosts. But Tomo hit the nail right on the head because what it's becoming now, with every group having their YouTube channel and every group trying to outdo each other, there, it's become a sort of ego war that our evidence is better than yours, that our equipment is better than yours, that our team jackets are better than yours. Uh, and it, that sort of, it distracts from it, but it doesn't totally ruin it.
1: Um, I know. I mean, you basically say the same thing and that, you know, those who do proper investigating. So you were actually saying, okay, we do the proper way. You guys are just a bunch of amateurs. Don't bug with us. So, uh, No. no, no,
0: that's not true. I, I, I. I well, even, even to the point
1: where say it's it's really a, a hard time because there's all these other groups that are out there doing oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it's like, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a free country. Yeah. Why shouldn't people? It is a free country. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I can't stop them doing it, and
0: you're absolutely right. It's a free country. However, from my perspective, in order to do the sort of investigation that I want to do, then this mass market investigation has spoilt it. And that's the point I'm saying. It's ruined what, the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean to say that they can't do it as well. It just means that what we've had to do is adapt the way that we investigate to get around the problem that's been created by mass marketing.
1: I mean, Nobody I, said I, I'm, me. sure, Nobody I'm sure said Tomo, and, Tomo and I'm sure you don't uh are are influenced by what other ghost groups do uh, you do no. your, you run your you run your investigations uh, to your own set of standards
2: that's, yeah that no that's fine but it, it's just it's just sad for me to see people do it. it it's just really sad i think um they've got to do what they do but it, we're all Surely, we're all trying to answer the same question, so it's a bit upsetting for me to see all this uh, chaoticness, and it's just, it's just, it's not, it's not right. Um, I don't know, it's, it, it's a hard one. I think it's ruining it for a lot of other people as well. Um, you know, it's um, just one of those things, I suppose, it can't be helped.
0: Where it does, beca- does create some problems is, for example, um, you take a location that may have had for 10, 20, 30 years one or two good solid ghost stories attached to it where people have seen the same thing over and over. Once that opens up to these long, these, these sort of mass market public investigation formats, what you end up finding is that all of a sudden the ghosts exponentially increase. One location near to me is Jump. From two ghosts, nearly 20 ghosts. And the problem a few then, in, too. in terms of, and a few demons too. And in terms of the investigation, what we've got to then try and do is disentangle and cut through this thicket and briar of additional ghosts that weren't there um, until quite recently. So that's where it does make it difficult. And also the cost goes up as the locations become popular. So the price goes up. And what we were looking at. 10, 15 years ago of maybe getting away with paying a few pounds in order to spend the night there, you're now talking hundreds and hundreds of pounds for exactly the same, or or less in many cases. Hmm. So it does, it's limited access and limited, and increased the workload. So yes, it does have an effect, but they have every right to be there as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: Right, so... Tom, what lies ahead for you guys?
2: Um, uh, we hope to find some more locations that are not regularly publicised by big companies and stuff like that. Uh, we're quite proud of finding locations that have never been done before. So we hope to carry that on um, and hope to carry the daytime investigations on as well. So, yeah.
1: And keep them secret.
2: <laughs> keep it secret, yeah, of course, of course.
1: <laughs> the daytime investigation thing is is, is a great idea. and uh, But there are lots of places out there that you can investigate, and uh, you don't have to look for Anne Boleyn or Henry VIII or whoever else that, that's famous there out there. There are a lot of What's that? It's
0: so the only judge. I see you haven't got Anne Boleyn Henry VIII. Huh.
1: I mean, so th- there are places out there, lots of places, and, and, and uh, if if you investigate a place just for whatever reason, and then you go back to through the the history of the place, you, you might get some interesting results. Definitely,
2: yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think we, we, I think we found that as a team as well. Um, we've gone to places that you know not got anything attached to uh, from what we could find, and you know we've. We, We've caught some interesting things, so yeah, it goes to show, you know, you don't have to go to the, the big locations and spend sixty, seventy pounds for privilege being there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is what we're trying to push out there as well. You know, it's not all about the big places. You can right, get yeah. a lot, you know.
1: And you're so lucky because you, you have a, a great country there that, that has a history so much farther than ours. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, we, we talk about something 200 years old here and like it's ancient history, oh, but that's, that's nothing that's, compared to you guys. That's a baby.
2: That's a baby yes. compared
0: to
1: here. I know, we are very year old
0: like. buildings, we pull them down, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're still demolishing them.
1: <laughs> I, I know that we're almost out of time, and I have to ask you, the one question is you talked about tech and everything else. Uh, what about the the uh, the medium or the uh, the spiritual experiences? Is, is that part of your ghost hunt at all? Uh,
2: yes, oh, of course. I mean, we have a member who's a very good medium, Danny Wheeler. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it, it's it's another... It's another aspect of the investigation, so you know. It's, I mean, that they they supposedly have a gift, and he's come out with some interesting results for us. So yeah, you know, he's a he's a he's a very valuable member of the team. So yeah, why not use a medium? You know.
1: Mm-hmm. It, and so you you've had you mentioned some interesting stuff like mm. what what a medium you use a medium in investigation that was the pizza the bells from the pizzas from the deads here, so we got about two minutes I mean, a quick question is is okay. how do you employ the medium in your investigation
2: um i mean he he's he's part of the team uh, as well as just a medium mm-hmm. um so, I mean, he get, he get, comes in with us, and you know, he he acts as a team member. And if he picks something up and he gives us names, we document it and we we try and find something after, you know. Um, so he's value, very valuable in that sense, not just as a member, but as a a source of information. And he's he has given us some good detailed information as well on investigations. So yeah.
1: Okay, so we're just about out of time. Anything else you want to
2: add? Uh, No, not really. I mean, I've got, uh, if people out there would like to uh, read some articles of mine, um, if you type in Beyond Parazine, uh, which is a free uh, magazine, Paranormal magazine, I've got some articles on there that touch on things like the future of ghost hunting and things like that, which are quite interesting. Oh, cool.
1: Very cool, actually. And what was that? Give it one more time? Uh, it was Beyond Parasign. Beyond Parasign. Yeah. Okay, it sounds really interesting. I might check it out myself, in fact. Fantastic. So Thomas, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And okay. I hopefully okay. I wasn't too much of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Not at all. Very
2: mm.
0: very polite. Thank you. I heard you don't that. Don't flatter him too much, Tomma.
1: <laughs> 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 so it's time to wrap it up. All right. So, till next time uh, from Ghost Chronicles International. Good night and God bless.
2: Thank God.
0: God bless. Cheers, Tom. Bye. Say bye. Bye. Goalies to ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night.
1: Deliver us good luck. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now.